0: The Healing the City podcast is a ministry of the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. If you enjoy the Healing the City podcast and wish to support it financially, you can go to villagersonline.com, click the We Give tab, and follow the instructions. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Well, welcome to Healing the City podcast. My name is Eric Siepen, and across from me is Colin Gilchrist, and we both go to the village, <laughs> right? <laughs> we do. And you're one of the leaders of the village, and you are going to talk with us about spiritual practices, in particular, the ones that you do, and kind of your thoughts on that. But before we get started, because probably mm-hmm. the last time you podcast, well, you did, you did the really cool meditations. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think you introduced yourself in those. You did. You did give an introduction. But you should give another introduction. Just quickly, who you're married to, kids, that kind of thing.
1: Oh, okay. I'm Colleen. I'm a member at the Village Church. I am married. As of Saturday, I've been married 12 years, which feels like madness.
0: You know what? I was just looking at the pictures of your wedding. So fun. Oh, my goodness.
1: It was really fun. You said, who gives this man to be buried? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. I forgot about that.
1: Because my father-in-law's name is Barry. So I think you were like looking at Barry and then being like, oh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. So, yeah. I, I forgot about that.
1: Sorry. Good memories. Yeah. Um, I have two children, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And I also work full-time as an occupational therapist.
0: Yeah, and if you're really interested in Colleen's work, you can kind of comb back through all the podcasts and Mm -hmm. she'll tell you all about it in a couple podcasts. So they're fun. Mm -hmm. But in our talking and the way I see you lead in our community, um, a lot of that uh, comes out of some of your practices, Mm. your disciplines. And you're kind of, at least my experience of you, is you're kind of a disciplined person anyway in the sense that you think of your life in some order Mm -hmm. Not to say that you don't have chaos, but you have plans and you have systems and you do that. You practice things like, Mm -hmm. and you're an athlete. So you're kind of, that's probably ingrained into you as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so you've kind of just picked that up spiritually in the way that you um, interact with God and his people. So in particular, um, you had one that you kind of wanted to talk about. So I'm just going to turn this over to you and then. And we'll kind of awkwardly shift into a conversation <laughs> figure it out.
1: <laughs> that sounds lovely. Well, I think one of the main disciplines that I have stepped into is you told us, um, I feel like it was a year and a half ago. It was right before COVID happened or became a part of our life, um, to meditate on Scripture and to read the same passage of Scripture over and over again and i loved that and i thought of what scripture do i really want to immerse myself in and my pilgrim group was reading first peter and so we all said we were going to read first peter over and over again and then i learned later i was like so we're all reading first peter and they're like oh yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i'm learning how to like help keep people like or draw people along with me as i'm a disciplined person but I started doing that. And as I started doing that, I integrated it into a liturgy. And I found a liturgy that I really love. It's in, I wrote down the name of the book, Mm, Every Moment Holy. And they have a morning, a noon, and an evening liturgy. And what has as part of it is in the morning is just this delight of, of who you are as the children of God and Sometimes I say it out loud, and sometimes I just read it and meditate on it. Um, But it has in there, like, a confession, um, a delight in who God is and what he's called you to in this day, and then a releasing of your day. And I just – the intentionality of praying the same thing every morning, every noon, and every evening. Wow. And then three times each, you know, there's, like, a spot where it says, like, you know – Read this segment of scripture. And so I would just read, you know, First Peter 1. And then I'd read it morning, noon, and evening. Oh, wow. And then the next day, First Peter 2. And it just really infused my mind. Um, another part of the liturgy is just casting your burdens before God. And you had the leaders... Um, I hope it's okay I say this out loud. You kind of were like, oh, my gosh, COVID's happening. We're losing track of people because we're not meeting in person. And so you put people into kind of groups of people to check on. And I was like, perfect. I can handle 10 people. And so I put them into my prayer thing, and I prayed for them. And then praying for them three times a day, I was like, oh, I'm going to check on them. I don't know specifically what to pray for this person. And so it led for me calling them and texting them. And it created this wonderful rhythm for me, and it actually ministered to me because it made me feel connected to other people um, in praying for them. And then as I saw God move, it was so encouraging, so it just led for me to pray more for them and pray bigger things um, and to release things. Because another thing the liturgy said is like casting your cares on his strong shoulders. And I'm such a physical person. And so I would move my body in a way of casting and envisioning his strong shoulders of like, yeah, God, you have this. I don't have to bear this burden. I don't need it in my nervous system or on my shoulders. I'm going to visualize it being on yours. Um, so that like, really helped me too. So last year I read... Peter, first Peter, and then this year I'm reading Romans eight. And it's so God's timing that I'm reading Romans eight. We were just talking before we started about how my son broke his arm. And I have a lot of condemning thoughts about how he broke his arm. I was right there. I couldn't catch him. I couldn't stop it. And then I have these shoulds, like maybe I shouldn't have let him be on the monkey bars, or I should have been in front of him, or I did this wrong. We should have left the park sooner. I could tell he was tired as if I could have prevented my son from bro- breaking his arms. And then I read Romans 8.1, you know, like I only read little chunks of it because that's all I can digest. But I think that day I read, there is no condemnation for mm-hmm. those who are in Christ Jesus. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, where's my thought life? My thought life is condemning. This is not the gospel. I want to attune my mind to what's true in the gospel and I'm going to release this and... So I think that's been the main spiritual practice that has really shaped me is to daily be in the word and just digesting these small chunks that I can handle that are manageable and praying for people and reading a liturgy that includes like a praising of God, a confession and an acknowledgement of who I am and who I am in the kingdom.
0: Wow. So you introduced yourself as a mom, a wife and a full time Professional, mm. how how have you figured out how to make time for these things? Because all those things that you talked about invade our space and time, mm. right? How do you carve out three spaces a day to do that? What, um, what kind of things have you learned to help you do that?
1: I, how, oh, hmm, I think we have a lot of space; we just don't see it in our day. And so I do it right when I wake up. And I read a really good book that was talking – it was a secular book, but it was talking about just how our phones have shaped our minds and we Mm -hmm. sleep next to our phone and the notifications. So I actually don't get notifications between 9 p.m. and 5 a.m. So if you text me between those times, I don't get a notification on my watch or I don't – and I actually don't really even look at it. So sometimes when people have breakdowns at night, I'm like, call me three times and then I'll answer. Um, but it's the first thing I do when I wake up and often when I pray for people, I mean, sometimes I have these long prayers for them, but sometimes I'm thinking, you know, of a particular person and I'm like, so for example, Kate, if I'm praying for my daughter, I'm like, Jesus, may Kate just know she's your beloved and may all of her anxiety, All of her, I mean, she right now is, I mean, five-year-olds, like she's just figuring out like what I want. And if I can't have it, it's the end of the world. But my prayer for her is that she could just rest into her identity as the beloved. And if you're the beloved, it's like you're able to submit or you're able to release because it's like, okay, my mom loves me and cares for me. So whatever boundaries she put in place, I can obey and trust that. Like, and I long for that for her with God. And so my prayers are often really simple for people and even just bringing them to mind, then they can come to mind throughout the day. Um, and the midday prayer, it really only takes me five minutes. Um, and it, I have five minutes at lunch, you know? Right. Um, so it's just kind of what you're doing with your time. Corey, I asked Corey what I should mention. Cause I was like, I don't really know what I do. That is really like a spiritual practice. And he's like, Colleen, I will ask you to come watch TV with me and you say, no, I have to do my prayer first. And so I guess I do get my kids down to bed and then it's the first thing that I do. Um, and I often will pace around my house doing it because something about moving my body like helps me connect. Mm-hmm. Um, or I I will bow or I'll kneel or I'll do – I just do weird stuff with my body because I'm like, I don't think the spirit's judging me.
0: <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> um. I think that's something else I do, too. So often I'll stretch, especially in the morning. I'm like, oh, gosh, getting older is real.
0: Yeah, it is. (laughs) So what I hear you saying is that you really have kind of set it in your mind to take captive the first time. Like you get out of bed and before Mm -hmm. you do anything, you take that time captive. You're like, I do have some time at lunch. I'll take that time captive. So there's Mm -hmm. some intentionality to... Mm-hmm. saying I won't allow other things to invade the space, but I'm also not making it hours and hours long.
1: Yeah, that's so intimidating. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, that's. I think that's really helpful and exciting to me because I think a lot of times when people listen to teachers talk about discipline or mm-hmm. you hear the pastor saying, you should be disciplined, it seems overwhelming like, oh, no, I can't do that. I don't have the time or that just seems I don't know where I would start. But I like just those really easy take. You take five minutes, you take 10 minutes, mm-hmm. it's a priority. You start there. Mm-hmm. And then God will begin to build that. C- can you mention the book again that you.
1: Yeah, it's called Every Moment Holy. I meant to bring it, but I forgot.
0: Every Moment Holy by. Uh, just you can put it in Amazon. It's I think
1: it's actually find. by or it's published from The Rabbit Room. It's like a leather bound mm-hmm. book. Oh. It's really pretty. It's really rich. I really resonate with it. I I don't know if it would strike everyone's fancy, but that's the other thing is there's other liturgies that you can find. I I found another book that I found really lovely, and it had every hour, and I was like, do I have to stay up all night? (laughs) (laughs) But I really resonated with it because it was like, you know, some prayer at 2 o'clock about just like the afternoon slump, and I was like, yeah, (laughs) I have that.
0: The afternoon slump, yes. You probably drink coffee when you get up, too. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Definitely. That's a necessity. It
0: is a necessity. So, the other part of these disciplines that you were talking about beforehand, and, and it's kind of what you're getting known for, at least amongst the leaders at the village, and yeah. now teased a little bit about, is how well you know the messages of the village, the sermons, and mm-hmm. how you interact with them, and how they infiltrate your life. Mm-hmm. Like, you, how you are. A very visible disciple, hmm. and I was wondering if you talk a little bit about why you do that and how you enter into it and what you've seen, kind of how your life has changed in um, that discipline of.
1: Hmm. That's a good question.
0: So my my poor wife, I do this to her too. I ask questions and she's like, "Wait, okay, I need a few seconds to think about this." <laughs> Wait, we're on air. What?
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I I just see the Holy Spirit really moving in the elders' lives. And so I really want to be like Jesus' disciples or like someone following Paul. And Paul says, follow me as I follow Jesus. And so I take really serious someone mm-hmm. that I respect and I want to put myself under an authority if they tell me to do something. And so I know you've said in sermons listen to sermons three times. And there's kind of jokes in different sermons like, whoa, this one was really good. Let's listen to it three times. And I've found I listen to most of them three times. I mean, I listen to it live, and then I listen to it when I run, and then often I'll go back and listen to it again. Mm -hmm. And then there's other sermons that I have listened to. Like, I (laughs) – I don't even know if Ron Lehman knows that I've listened to his sermon on Galatians like probably 20 times. And I quote it and I talk about
0: like. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good sermon.
1: It's a really good sermon. And so that's the other thing is I like, I figured out how to like tag sermons I want to listen to again. And I just go back and. How do you do that? There's like the dot, dot, dot button. And then you click it and then you, it like has a plus sign. And so it stays in my feed. Mm Yeah. And then I can re-download it or I can just leave it there. And so I just leave them there. Nice. Uh Uh-huh.
0: I was wondering how you do that. (laughs) This is not only disciplines, this is tech. (laughs)
1: Well, I don't know. There's probably even a smarter way to do it, but that's just the way that I do it. Um, But I I really try to take serious the things that you tell us to do in sermons. And so a couple weeks ago, you told us that we – we're proclaimers, and that's our deepest identity um, that we proclaim the gospel. And I just love that. And I try to integrate that. Like, I'm like, okay, what does it look like for me in this area to proclaim the gospel? Like, how do I proclaim it to my children? How do I proclaim it to my husband? How do I proclaim it at work? Um, and i it, it's been really transformative. Mm. And I think it proclaims the gospel back to myself. Um, we Before we talk, started, I was talking about how Michael spent so much time helping us understand the mind and thoughts and beliefs. And I think that's the other thing about reading scripture every day is um, Barb Tompkins, who teaches that like mom's class in town, talks about what you believe then shapes what you value then shapes how you behave. And so I think I see myself learning how to take my thoughts captive, take my time captive, to be intentional, to be a proclaimer, and it changes the way I behave. And it's not perfect. Like I'm still a sinful being. And so I catch myself in these moments of like, oh, man, I went into this like wanting to proclaim the gospel to my husband, and this is just tanking. Like he's not hearing me. Or what Mm. he's hearing just feels like lies. And then there's like – You know, it just brings me back to other sermons of, like, okay, like, okay, Jesus, this is what happened. Like, I believe your word is true. How do I wrestle with it? And often he's, like, saying, Colleen, like, you're not the Holy Spirit. Like, trust me, like, and stay on the balance beam of truth that I did ask you to say that. And it got really awkward. And now sit in the discomfort. Mm -hmm. And don't leave. Like, I think that's the other thing that's like happened in the last year or two of my life is uh, many people at the village know that, I mean, my husband had a really hard year and ended up taking a sabbatical and he just really needed renewal of his mind. And there was oftentimes that he was believing a lot of lies. And I read what you posted on the village Facebook page that we in community we're all connected so like if i'm connected to the holy spirit and i'm rooted into my true self like i invite you into a rooting presence and if the person you're before is dysregulated or anxious or you know it it, it disrupts you like we're all interconnected and that's like the beauty of how god created us and our nervous systems and my husband's nervous system was very dysregulated and then i was like Oh, my gosh, I find all my identity and my rootedness outside of myself. Um, So my world felt like chaos. I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I had a husband who was struggling. And I thought, okay, I'm okay if my thoughts and feelings and my behaviors are okay. And nothing was okay. And um, Sue, your beautiful wife, recommended the book um, Into the Silent Land. By Martin Laird. Yeah, thank you. Um, And it talks about us being Mount Zion. And I think this is actually maybe the only thing I want people to take away is that if we are Mount Zion, it is our truest identity. Our security, our okayness is like all just wrapped up in Christ and what he did. And so if he makes eye contact and he co-regulates with me and says, Colleen, you're okay. Like, All your feelings, all your behaviors, your husband's feelings, thoughts, behaviors, that is just weather on a mountain. You are secure. The Mm -hmm. storm is going to pass. Stay here. Because I flee. Like, my nervous system gets escalated, and I'm in fight, flight, flee. Like, I'm like, I'm either going to fight you or I'm going to run away. Like, I'm not going to stay here Mm because it's dangerous. And that's where the Holy Spirit's invited me is to stay and to be curious and it's just—it's been really transformative, mm. but it all starts in like your okayness, not being in your external circumstance. Right. It's being rooted that the Holy Spirit lives in us. Hmm. I believe it. Wow. I really believe it.
0: That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I almost want to just end right here <laughs> because that was just so powerful, and I want people to think about that. But I also think I heard you say, I mean, really what you're saying is these disciplines, the liturgies that you practice, are what help you realize that you're Zion, help you root in in God, in Mm -hmm. the identity he's given you. Like these are the, it's not just you wake up in the morning and you're like, well, I have these truths, so I'm good. It's you have to practice them and root yourself in them and become familiar with them and have them be secondhand to you. Um, and then when you don't do that, you, you begin to shift out of, mm. uh, of you know, being as we often talk a lot now at the village about being regulated. And, and what we're just saying is that your nervous system is not elevated and you're not freaking out and you don't think you're in danger and you have a peace. You have the peace of mm-hmm. Christ in you um, and you've connected to that, the peace mm-hmm. that Christ gives you through the spirit. So that's why I wanted you to talk about disciplines, because I think. Healthiness begins there, like mm-hmm. being able to to deal with what's going on. And I love the Barb Tompkins. <laughs> you know, when you bring up her name, just, I just always have these memories of her house because I was friends with her kids as teenagers. Weird. So yeah, I used to bike all over their neighborhood. Weird. So it's like yeah, everything's connected I, in it, Tucson. It is the Christian community is very small here, sadly, but. Mm good that we know each other but sad that it's as small as it is mm-hmm. but anyway i don't know is there anything else that you feel like god might be asking you to say about disciplines or do you feel like we've kind of laid it out there for some?
1: um i think i think it all just starts with curiosity because i i don't actually think my disciplines are going to perfectly match up and right you know, help everybody else. I am currently in therapy and (laughs) Mm. working through like some of my like OCD like tendencies. And so not all of my disciplinedness is good. Right? Like I see the Holy Spirit taking it, making it his own or their own. And then, incorporating it but i think the way that i behave or the way that i function like i like my prayer is nobody would be like oh my gosh colleen's so spiritual it's like actually colleen's a little ocd and this is how she manages her world and her nervous right, systems right. you know and my story and everything that came before and so i i think the thing that i just like i that I often pray for my kids and I pray for other people is the creed of the beloved. And I don't remember what church it comes out of, but I heard it on a podcast. And I just really think as as one seeks a discipline and prays like, Holy Spirit, like where do you want me to be disciplined? Or what would disciplined prayer or scripture, spending time in scripture, or what would that look like for me? Because for example, like scripture memory, really hard for me. Um, it's like a place where I'm like, I need to grow in that discipline. But, um, oh, what was I going to say? But I think I just love the Creed of the Beloved. So I think if you have open hands and you're saying, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me and how can I be disciplined to set my mind on the heavenly realm and not on this current circumstance that just feels so depressing or discouraging or despairing, um, how do I find relief? or not relief, but, like, a hope and a release, like, releasing that. Um, The Creed of the Beloved, I think I have it memorized, says, I'm not what I do. Like, so let's go back to, like, how you you asked who I was, like, or to introduce myself. I'm not what I do. I'm not what I have. I'm not what people say about me. I am the Beloved of God. Hmm. I don't have to hurry. I don't have Hmm. to worry. I can trust my friend Jesus and spread his love with the world. Wow. And it's for children.
0: should be for adults. Yeah, but
1: it's, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, oh, where's my mind? Oh, I'm hurried and worried. Like, which part am I, you know, subscribing to of like, am I trying to find my identity in what people say about me? Am I trying to find my identity in what I do or my failures or in what I have or don't have? And if we just release all those things and just, like, let the belovedness wash over us and our security in Christ, mm. we don't have to hurry. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. There's there's a stability in that. Yeah. And so I think if, like, you root yourself in that and then say, like, okay, I don't need to beat myself up of the way I haven't been disciplined. Like, what do you have for me, Holy Spirit? It'd be really beautiful. Because I still am, like... You know, I listened to Jill's podcast of Praying the 20 Prayers. I'm like, that's so inspiring. I got to download this app. And then I'm like, oh, it's $5. I'm so cheap. Like, will (laughs) I use it? (laughs) But anyway, just to say, like, everybody's disciplines are different. And maybe you could take a little of what I do or what Jill does or what you do. But I'm excited for the way the Holy Spirit will make everything, you know, match up to each person and the way they think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think just to kind of to wrap things up one thing is no matter how you approach disciplines i think the thing that i would love people to grab hold of is just taking time for god like capturing Mm. time but not feeling like it has to be huge chunks but just to begin that discipline of whatever you're going to do capture time and, Mm -hmm. and give it to god as a sacrifice as a living sacrifice i think that's a good start. The other thing I would say and what I really enjoy about you, so I remember you came up to me. It must have been, well, it was right after I preached on parenting. And you're like, that was such a great sermon. You preached it like uh, three years ago, four years ago. And I'm like, yeah, I, I updated them because I felt like I needed to. But it made, I was like, oh, wow. Like People say they listen to my sermons. I see the data that says they listen to my sermons. Mm-hmm. I do not believe they listen to my sermons. And so that to know and then to hear it come out like of your mouth, say, this is what I've heard or, oh, you preached that before or you listen to me enough to know that I repeat myself a lot. (laughs) And it's like it's actually exciting to me as a leader to have people saying, yeah, I'm doing this and you're doing a good job and continue. It makes me want to be like, oh, I I need to offer what's really me here and really Mm -hmm. be authentic because people are following and God's Mm -hmm. given me a gift and. It also, I don't know if people know this, I also listen to my sermons three or four times.
1: That's awesome.
0: Because I learn things.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, I've preached a lot. And so, yeah, it's a good discipline. It mm-hmm. really is. Well, thank you, Colleen. Thanks this for having was me. This so much fun. No, thank you for for just being here and, and offering your heart. Well, I think that's it. Cool. Wonderful. Yay. Thanks. you.